Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, January 1st, 2022. Well, Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome back to Revival from the Bible as we begin another year of seeking to read through God's Word together. Now, as you have probably heard by now, we're doing something a little different. We're changing up the format from what we've done the last couple years, and what we are going to do this year is each day read from the Old Testament and the New Testament, but we will go through each, the Old Testament and the New in chronological order. Uh, So for instance, we're going to start with Genesis here, but in a few days, we're actually going to get into the book of Job since we think that that story happened during the patriarchal times. And especially as we get into, uh, you know, first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles, some of those chapters will be mixed together and we'll have some Psalms thrown in there, or we'll be reading about the Kings and we will stop and read one of the prophets that prophesied at that time. Or as we go through the New Testament, we're going to start with the Gospels. But as you can see today, we'll even be reading from two Gospels today, as we'll be reading through uh, more of a harmony of the Gospels, putting them together and really reading through the life of Christ together as it's told in all four Gospels and kind of putting that together. So this is new probably for all of us. I'm very excited about it and very excited even as we start Today, as we go back to the beginning, and we're going to see two of our passages today begin with the phrase, in the beginning. So are you ready? Buckle your seatbelts, because here we go on another year of digging into God's word together on revival from the Bible. We're first going to start with that phrase, in the beginning, back in Genesis, chapters 1 through 3. Each one of these chapters is incredibly foundational. And if there's one word that maybe will come up more than others in our reading today, it's that idea of foundational. So much of what we read today is going to kind of lay this groundwork for what we'll be building on for the rest of the year. And so we need to look really at some things from each of these first three chapters of Genesis. And the first just helps establish that God is the creator. The Bible is unapologetic of proclaiming God to be the creator. And again, in many ways, this is so foundational for everything we're going to read in the Bible. It all goes back to God being the creator. And really with creation comes authority. God is in charge. God gets to make the rules because this is his universe. He is the one that created it. And we see that he created it out of nothing. He created it by his words. He said, let there be light. And there was light. Think of Hebrews where it talks about by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And we get an account of that here in Genesis 1. And I'd even just encourage you to read through this account and just encourage you to take this account at its word. I think what we have here in Genesis 1 is trustworthy, it is reliable. And many today challenge the notion of God as a creator, but many even that might want to admit that God had some role in the creation process want to maybe push back on on the narrative or the time frame, these six days, and try to explain them as not six literal days. 
And that's where I would say, are, are we really sure on that? Are we really going to say the science is that convincing? And basically what we're saying is the science says that the universe looks really old. Well, guess what? We're told that God created it. And we can trust, even as it describes it, it was created with an appearance of age that it never had. Even think of Adam and Eve. They didn't look like newborn babies. They looked like, we gather, grown humans. The trees in the Garden of Eden didn't look like saplings. They looked like mature trees. Uh, I think we can trust what we see here in Genesis. And when it seems like what what the the scientific establishment might say and what Scripture says, I'm going to say, I think we should lean into what Scripture says. Because the scientific establishment, well, they seem to be changing their story a lot, where this has been saying the same thing from the beginning. But again, notice that foundational element of God being the creator. And then in chapter two, another thing that we see is really the creation of man and woman, but also the institution of marriage. And see how that goes all the way back to the beginning. And in chapter two, Of Genesis verses 24 and 25, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And so there we see just this ordination of the institution of marriage from God. And again, that's something we see is under attack uh, in our society today. And, you know, we think of to some extent, the political aspects of that, we think of just all the headlines over the last couple of decades about same-sex marriage and people talking about a war on marriage. I think it's good for us as Christians to realize uh, that there's all kinds of ways that marriage has been under assault. And especially if you are married, uh, you should uh, take this opportunity to evaluate your own marriage and saying, man, this is a, a special and sacred covenant that God designed all the way back from the beginning. Am I living out that covenant as God designed? Am I upholding my marriage as as honorable? Am I holding fast to my spouse and really living out that union that God has described here? A good reminder for us from Genesis 2 today. But then we get into Genesis 3, and here's where we're really going to start seeing the connections between the old and the new. We know the story of Genesis 3. It is the story of the fall. And Adam and Eve, they sin against God. They eat the the fruit from the tree that they were forbidden to eat from, they listened to the lies of the serpent. Um, and then we see the curse. And that's where, again, we're reminded, uh, you know, so much of what we see broken in this world goes all the way back to Genesis 3. And I think, especially over these last couple years that we have lived in our world, I think many are more painfully aware of the brokenness of the world than ever. Uh, we live in a world where, where sickness is a thing. We live in a world where things don't go the way that they should. We live in a world where work is hard. We live in a world where childbirth is hard. We live in a world that is cursed and tainted by sin and also by death. And it's even just good for us to remember that when we look out at the world and we say, why is this so messed up? We shouldn't be pointing the finger at God or or saying, well, well, if God's in control, how could this happen? No, this is exactly what he said would happen as the world was cursed. But notice the glimmer of hope that we see in Genesis 3, 15. It says, God says to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head 
and you shall bruise his heel. This verse is often referred to by theologians as the Proto-Euangelion, which Proto-First-Euangelion gospel, kind of the first gospel, the first glimpse of the gospel that we see in the Bible. And so again, notice this as foundational. We see the fall, we see the effects of sin, but from the beginning, we see that it's not just going to be, well, sin is here and there's no solution. And so we just have to live life in this fallen and cursed world. No, there is hope of a savior who will bruise the head of the serpent. And that really brings us now to our next passage in John 1. As we look at John 1, 1 through 18, this passage also begins with the phrase, in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And it's clear as we go on to read that this Word is referring to Jesus Christ and a powerful statement of His deity there in John 1. But here we also see there's a solution to the problem of sin. In verse 12, it says, But to all who did receive Him, this true light which came into the world through Jesus Christ, which we should have fresh on our minds from Christmas time. As many as received him who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. There is hope. This one who would bruise the heel of the serpent, he is the word made flesh. And to as many as believe in him, they have the right to become children of God. Do you see how foundational this day of reading is as we start? And then look at verse 14. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so even as we just get started with this new year, if there's one thing for you to just pray about as you read these kind of foundational passages in the beginning on the first day of the year, I would just encourage you to make a simple prayer to God as you read today and pray to God, God, show me your glory as I read through your word this year. Uh, Really, all that we've seen today is setting up a story that really centers around the glory of God that we will see uh, expressed through salvation against the backdrop of judgment in scripture. That's what the whole story is going to be pointing to, the glory of God, uh, even as he uh, works salvation, even in in the midst of, of judgment, even against the backdrop of the curse. And I want you to pray today, God, show me more of your glory. And let's remember that as we go through this year, revival from the Bible, this is not merely an academic exercise. Hopefully we will learn new things and especially even going through chronologically, we'll, we'll, we'll see things and maybe make connections that we've never made before. But at the end of the day, it is not about just adding to our knowledge. It really is. We want to know God. And he has given us his word, this window through which we can know him. And so I want to challenge you on this New Year's Day to pray to God, show me your glory as you read through his word this year. Now, we also have the first four verses of the gospel of Luke today, which are kind of a a prologue, um, setting up the letter before it gets into the narrative. It sets up that uh, this is something that Luke has clearly done and recorded something for uh, someone else, this most excellent Theophilus. But what I want to encourage you there in just those few verses is, again, notice 
just the detail of the language. This is stuff from eyewitnesses. Um, and this is stuff that has been researched and written an orderly account, right? That these are not fairy tales that we are starting to read. This is the word of God. And we trust its reliability. We trust its truth. And uh, we, we can have a confidence in that as we start a new year as well. So as we dig into the trustworthy, reliable word of God, pray again today, this New Year's Day, God, show me your glory as I read through your word this year. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.